We're going to read the first 18 verses of 1 Kings chapter 22. Excuse me. And they continued three years without war between Syria and Israel. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth in Gilead is ours? And he said unto them, Be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria. And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. The king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Remoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? The king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. For he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. Then the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hasten thither, Micaiah the son of Imlah, And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, sat each on his throne, having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Chananah, made him horns of iron. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, With these shalt thou push the Syrians until thou hast consumed them. And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. The messenger that was gone to call Micaiah spake unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, What the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee, that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? And he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell thee that he would prophesy no good thing concerning me, but evil? Keep your Bible open, for we'll be looking at this in depth at this chapter. Let's pray. Father... Heavenly Father, would you take these moments that are left of this evening and would you open our hearts 
And Lord, would you speak to us? Lord, would you encourage those that need encouragement? Would you bless them? Maybe those that are even sick in your presence or even watching online, would you meet them at the point of their need? We pray, Father, if there's one who's not yet saved by grace, even as Billy has sung earlier, Lord, we pray the sinners would come to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But may he be lifted up and may he alone be seen and exalted. So, Lord, we love you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Glorify the Son of God. For Jesus' name's sake, we pray and ask it. Amen. This evening, we want to look at the king who rejected the word of the Lord. The king who rejected the word of the Lord. In our reading of the first 18 verses of 1 Kings chapter 22, we see here a a physical world. Then later in the chapter, there's a, a spiritual world. And how the spiritual is affecting the physical in the same chapter. Second Kings, we have two kings, Ahab and Jehoshaphat. Now, we didn't read the name Ahab, but he comes later in the chapter. That's how we know who the king is. And Israel is separated into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The kingdom of Israel in the north, the kingdom of Judah in the south. Ahab is the king in Samaria. Hence, we read they are in the gate, or as it were, the government of Samaria. And there Ahab is king there. And if you're looking it up, you'll find that Ahab's wife is Jezebel. Jezebel is that Zidonian witch whom he married. And we all know and hear much about Jezebel these days. Notice you have two kingdoms, Israel and Judah, yet one people. And preparation is made for battle against the king of Syria, who lay to the north of the house or the kingdom of Israel. The prophets were called around uh, by Ahab, or the king of Israel, gathering the prophets, 400 of them, to prophesy, should we go to Ramoth Gilead? And if we go, will the Lord be with us? And if we go, will we recover the city of Ramoth Gilead? And out of all of this, and through all of this, the wickedness that was in the northern kingdom of Israel, sin was rife, idolatry was everywhere. There was sin in every corner of the kingdom. And it it went right down from the house or the house of Ahab and Jezebel right through all of the people. Jehoshaphat, who ruled and reigned from Jerusalem in in Judah, the kingdom of Judah, was a good king. He tried to follow the ways of the Lord. And so we see the conflicting interests of these two kings here. Now Ahab is asked, uh, king Jehoshaphat, will he come with him to battle against the king of Syria? These prophets are prophesying, and there's one man left, a prophet of the Lord, Micaiah, and he prophesies, and he stands against the tide of popular prophetic pronunciations and predictions. One man in, no, in that kingdom, one sol- solitary prophet, one man would come. And take his stand. Notice here, if we look briefly at verse 19 to 23, we find here the spiritual world goes on into the reading. Notice this. And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw 
the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, who shall persuade Ahab? There's the first mention of the king of Israel. That he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead. Notice that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead. Not conquer, not prosper, but fall at Ramoth Gilead. And one said on this manner and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, wherewith? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Notice that. There will be a lying spirit, he says, among in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord... The Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. That was the prophecy of Micaiah, the one man, to the king of Israel. The Lord has put a lying spirit? Surely that can't be. God who is holy cannot sin. Obviously, that would need to be further looked at, and we'll do that in depth in another day, another time. Well, listen, here's the idea of this. This lying spirit was able to turn the hearts which were already turned. They were already idolatrous. They were already wicked. They were the prophets of Baal rather than the prophets of the Lord. And the idea from this, if you have a heart or a man or a woman wants the devil to be in their life and in their heart to be their driver, then that's exactly what they'll get. That's exactly who they'll get. That's exactly what will happen. Ahab was wicked. Jezebel, his wife, was wicked. And it didn't take too much for these lying spirits to go through and prophesy through these prophets. I want to go on and I'll maybe speak a little bit about that in a moment. Notice here also, we must be careful about two things. We have the influence The influence of the heart. The influence of the heart. Here we have 400 prophets with a lying spirit. Here we have one prophet of the Lord with the Holy Ghost. With the Holy Ghost. The influence is found in verse 23. Now therefore... The Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all the prophet, these prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. Then there's the consequence. That's the influence. And then there is the consequence in verse 35. He goes to battle, listening to the lying spirits of the 400 prophets. And in verse 35, we're told that a man in verse 34 draws an arrow and shoots it. And he has on his armor and he's, he's being disguised and he's in his chariot. And the, the arrow flies and finds a crevice in the armor and goes into Ahab in his chariot. Verse 35, notice we have the consequence. And the battle increased that day and the king was stead up in his chariot against the Syrians and died at even. Notice, and died at even. There's the consequence of listening to the false prophets. There's the consequence of allowing the lying spirits into the heart and not listening to the man with the Holy Ghost. Big difference. Notice 
And the battle increased that day, and the king was stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians, and died at even, and the blood ran out of the wound into the midst of the chariot. Notice, we have Ahab says he will disguise himself because this Syrian army will want to take me out. He disguises himself, he gets into his chariot, he probably has a driver alongside of him, and there he's in his chariot and he puts on his armor. Nobody's going to know me, I'm battle-hardened and here I am in under all of this armor. But the arrow of the Lord knew where he was. And the armor of the Lord could find where he was. Pardon me, the arrow of the Lord could find where he was. Man's armor is weak armor. What man tries to do with the armor, woman tries to do with the armor of their own strength. Man's armor is weak in the sight of God. It's pitiful. It is pitiful. Man's armor is weak armor and it is frail. Man's armor is no protection at all against the wiles of the devil. Doesn't matter what armor man tries to put on himself. It doesn't matter what we try to say or do to others. Listen, man's armor is weak armor. And you'll find the wiles of the devil will always be used to the glory of God. Do you know God is sovereign over the devil? Do you know that as one old Puritan says, the devil is simply God's ape. He does what he's told. And these land spirits did exactly what the Lord had said. I believe in the sovereignty of God in all things. In all things. Notice, man's best effort could not thwart the will of God. Man's best effort could not thwart the will of God. You know what it means? You can run, but you can't hide. You can run, but you can't hide. You can run away. If you're not saved and the Lord's speaking to you and dealing with you and calling you, you may be in a meeting and you can reject him and you can go out. Or you may even be listening or watching live online or later. You cannot outrun the Lord. And you can't run away from God. He will find you exactly where you are. And God will seek you out. You cannot... Thwart the will of God. You might be a believer and God has been saying to you to lay things down. To give things up and to give things over. To live your life right. God may be saying to you to do this, that or the other. And you've ran so long from the will of God. Well God is here and he's firing an arrow at you today. He's firing an arrow at you tonight. And he's letting you know you can't outrun the will of God. Neither can you thwart it. He is the sovereign Lord God of heaven and earth. Notice here, you cannot outrun God. You cannot outthwart or thwart the will of God. And God said to Ahab through the prophet Micaiah, the prophet of God or the prophet of the Lord, the prophet of Yahweh, the prophet of the Holy Ghost. He said, if you go, you'll die. I saw, he says, in the spirit realm. See what's wrong? There's too many Christians and they don't know about the spirit realm. They don't know about the things of the Holy Ghost. They don't know about there's a spirit realm for the evil, but there's an angelic spirit realm for the good. On our behalf, and God sends them for us. And here this man, Micaiah, not one of those 400 prophets, not one of them, was able to say, I saw the spirit realm. No, they were led by an evil spirit. They had given themselves over to a lying spirit. 
But here the Holy Ghost through Micaiah said, if you go up, you'll die, you'll fall at Ramoth Gilead. This was the king who rejected the word of the Lord. He rejected the word of the Lord. Am I speaking to someone who's rejecting the word of the Lord? Am I speaking to someone who's rejecting the word of the Lord? Maybe he's giving you a warning. Maybe he's giving you space to repent. Maybe he's giving you time. Maybe he's called you and you haven't come. And maybe you're rejecting the word of the Lord. Tonight, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Harden not your heart. Notice here, God said this was his future. And no matter what Ahab did to avoid it, he couldn't prevent it. Hebrews 9 and 27 tells us, And as it is appointed on the man once to die, after this the judgment. That's an appointment none of us, and none of us, I mean none of us, the death will come to every one of us. You can be assured, should Jesus tarry? Should Jesus tarry? Everyone in here, 100 out of 100, or it must be close to 200 maybe in here tonight, Every one of us, should Jesus tarry, will die. But after this, the judgment. After death, the judgment. If you're a believer, you won't stand in judgment. You will not see judgment, but rather you'll see glory. You will see glory. Notice here, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Here Ahab was told the time of his death. And he rejected the word of the Lord. It could have been put to the side. It could have been extended. Had he listened to the words of Micaiah, the man with the Holy Ghost. But God in his sovereign will in his sovereign plan and in his sovereign purpose, knew the heart of Ahab. And through the heart of Ahab, he knew there's no way that Ahab was going to do the will of the Lord. God knows your heart, friend, tonight. God knows every heart tonight. And as appointed on the man wants to die, but after this is a judgment, nothing can avert the judgment of the Lord for the Christ rejected. Nothing can avert the judgment of the Lord for those who reject the Lord Jesus of Christ, who turn away from the gospel and from the word of God and turn away from the cross work of Christ. There's none can avoid this judgment save coming, except by coming by the way of the cross Amen. through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's your only method and way of escape, friend. That you will not be in judgment but rather you'll be in glory. That you'll not find yourself in a devil's hell, in a lake of fire, but rather you'll find yourself at a throne of grace and then a throne of glory. Notice here, nothing could avert it but the blood of Christ and nothing could avert Ahab's death but a regeneration or a turning of his heart. A turning of his heart. 
Every one of us, every single last one of us, had a heart like Ahab. Depraved and lost. Until Billy sang earlier on, I'm just a sinner. That's all we are, just sinners. Saved by grace. Saved by grace. Now, I'm loved and forgiven and back with the living. Is that what it is, Billy? No, the thing about it is, we're free. We're sons and daughters of the living God. Sons and daughters of the living God. And notice, it says in verse 35, the king was stead up in his chariot. Notice the king was stead up in his chariot. Here we find that the valiant effort, notice the valiant effort in one's own strength, might to the view and the understanding of those around us. In other words, the king in his chariot, keeping himself up, although the arrow had struck its blow, the arrow had found its target. And he's keeping himself up for the sake of the others. Oh, it's very valiant. It looks, it looks well. There's men in society like that, and they'll, they'll act the hard man. They'll put on the armor of self and, and self-righteousness, and they'll put on the armor that man has, and, and they've been struck a blow, and they know it's coming, but they will keep up, and they'll stay up, and they'll stand up themselves as if, I'm a tough guy, and I don't need God. Well, I tell you something, wasn't that long ago, there was a tough guy who said he didn't need God, and he was a paramilitary. And I got a phone call, and they went to the hospital, and he cried unto the Lord because he was dying. I led him to Christ. I don't need God. I don't need God all my life. Well, I can tell you something. That man was like that until he faced the very veil that he was to pass through the shadow of death. Friend, we find here you can be brilliant in this world all you like and all you want. To the view and understanding of everyone else around you, you're great, you're mighty. You're noble, you're courageous, you know, it makes them want to, to think of you as someone to look up to. To look up to. But in the end, the arrow of God's judgment found, found Ahab, and will find you, and will find those outside of Christ. Notice here, we find here that. The blood in verse 35 ran out of the wound into the midst of the chariot. Ahab's blood was running out of the wound the whole time. He's keeping himself up. He's dead, but he won't lie down, as he used to say. He's dying on his feet. Whether he knew it, whether he didn't know it, he knew he was hit. And you know, there's men, and I've seen them on their deathbed, and they're dying, and they're still as hard as this pulpit here. Without God and without Christ. Without hope in the world and they're launched out into eternity. I've had family like that. And the blood ran down and he was dying. The blood was seeping out. He was dying. Did he think he was going to get back after the battle? Did he imagine that all will be well? Because this doesn't happen to Ahab. It doesn't happen to me. It doesn't happen to my loved ones. It doesn't happen to my family. And all the while he was ebbing closer and closer to the valley of the shadow of death. Notice here the blood ran out into the midst of the chariot. And the blood which is so precious to keep the life going. 
was now useless blood. Every man and woman's blood is sinful blood. There's only one. Sinless blood. There's only one who was sinless, who was holy, who was harmless, who was undefiled, who was severed from sinners. There's only one who was spotless. There's only one who has pure blood. And it's the blood of the Lamb, the Son of God. Pure, spotless Lamb of God. This man's dirty, vile blood, sinful blood, and ran into the midst of the chariot. Here's a question I've wrote. I've just wrote question right across the corner of the page. What's your chariot in life? What's your chariot in life? Psalm 20 and verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots, some in horses. Talking about the like of Ahab and all those, all those men that went to war. We are the men. We're tough men. We're big guys. We're hard to see them. So you Christian guys, you, you know, these aren't men at all. I can tell you something. Before I got saved, I thought the same. But when I met Christ, they made a man out of me. He made a man out of me. And he'll make a woman out of you. Here we find some trust in chariots and some on horses. And here they're going into battle, trusting in their armor, trusting in their chariot, trusting in the power and the strength of their horses. Oh, and they might win a lot of their battles and might gain some victories in this life. There's some of those battles they went into and they didn't come home. In fact, some of those battles they went into, they just went into the ground. Stand before God. Here we find that this man's blood is now vile and the chariot is as dirty as his blood or the blood is as dirty as his chariot. What is your chariot that you trust in? What is the thing that carries you through life and keeps you, that you put your trust in and that you, you know, you're, you're sort of, I am the man, I am the woman. What is that chariot? Let me tell you something. I was thinking about this when I was writing this. And a, a relative came to my mind. He was my cousin. And he's brutally murdered. Brutally gunned down. I can take it as grave this day. Gone down in cold blood. And I can take it as grave this day. And there on the headstone was his chariot. Big bags of the paramilitaries he was in. And the Glasgow Rangers, one on the other side. The men gathered round. All around the grave. And there they're doing their salutes. I was, I was from afar. I was watching. It was my cousin who went to his funeral. And now they're all around this grave. Near the headstone goes up and there's the badge of the paramilitary organization. I thought, I went back later to see, visit the grave. I said, what, what good are they doing you now? Think about it. What good? Listen, loyalist, what good is the paramilitary group been doing you now? What will they do? What good will they do you 
whenever you're six foot or ten foot underground. Or whatever side you're on. What good will it do when you get a badge on a headstone? Is that your chariot? Is that your chariot? What is your chariot? What is the chariot that you might say, well, you know what, here's, here's something else, but I love this so much. What is that chariot? Some trust in chariots and some in horses. Do you want to know my chariot? But we will remember the name of the Lord. Amen. It's my chariot. Remembering the name of the Lord. My chariot is the gospel. My chariot is the word of God. My chariot is the scriptures. My chariot is the Lord Jesus Christ and his precious blood and the salvation. I, I hold to the reins. It's the chariot you want to ride. One old Puritan once said, the Holy Ghost rides most furiously in his own chariot. And that's the word of God. Ever hear that we saw? Afraid of sing it in case nobody else knows it. <laughs> so we'll roll the old chariot along. So we'll roll the old chariot along. So we'll roll the old chariot along. And we won't lag on behind. If a sinner's in the way, we'll stop and take them in. And if a sinner's in the way, then we'll stop and take them in. If the sinner's in the way, then we'll stop and take them in and we won't lag on behind. Listen to this one. If the devil's in the way, then we'll roll it over him. (laughs) If the devil's in the way, then we'll roll it over him. If the devil's in the way, then we'll roll it over him and we won't lag on behind. Roll over the devil in the chariot of the Lord, the word of God. Roll over him. Here is man's armor, man's vile blood, man's strength, man's death. Man's death. Listen to an old Puritan called Thomas Adams. All are like actors on a stage. Some have one part and some another. Death is still busy amongst us. Here drops one of the players. We bury him with sorrow and to our scene again. Then falls another. Yea, all one after another. Till death be left upon the stage. Death is that damp which puts out all the dim lights of vanity. Yet man is easier to suspect him. All that the world shall die than to suspect himself. One goes and we sorrow, we go back to our business. Another goes and we sorrow and we go back to our business. And another one we sorrow, we go back to our business. The whole world may die, but it will not happen to me. It will not happen to me. That's what man is like in his own heart. Ahab, I'll go up and take Ramoth Gilead. It will 
will not happen to me. But the word of the Lord was, you go up, you'll fall at Ramoth Gilead. You'll die there. You'll die there. Maybe the Lord is trying to prevent someone tonight from doing something. Trying to prevent someone from even hurting themselves. Trying to prevent someone through the word tonight to tell you, you keep that up and you're going to hurt yourself. You'll hurt your family. You'll find that you die there. You'll fall there. Ahab thought of himself he wouldn't die. He could escape the judgment of God. He could defer the word of the Lord. And it was everyone else but him. He had the prophets and the armor and the chariot and he disguised himself. But the Lord knew where to find him. But the Lord knew where to find him. A man drew a bow at a venture and he fired an arrow. And just the same way God took the very stone from David's sling and put it into the giant's forehead. So he took the arrow and he put it right into through the armor of Ahab. Of Ahab. Thomas Watson, the old Puritan said this, self-examination is a spiritual inquisition set up in the soul. Ahab, think about this. Ahab, you, you need to really sit back here and think about this. Jehoshaphat is saying, is there another one? Are you sure this is the word of the Lord? It doesn't really, there's something about this that isn't right. Are you sure? And notice here, Thomas Watson said, self-examination is a spiritual inquisition set up in the soul. He goes on to say, the heart is a grand imposter. It is like a cheating tradesman which will put one off with bad wares. The heart will put a man off with seeming grace instead of saving grace. Sure, you know what? I'll go to Ramoth Gilead anyway. Sure, one of, I'm not of Israel. I'm not one of God's Israelites. I'll go to Ramoth Gilead anyway. Seeming grace. God will cause you to prosper, all the prophets said. And they all had a land spirit. And one man says, you go up there, you're going to fall and die. You're going to fall and die. And Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Asked the Lord. Who can know it? And the word here for deceitful, it means, gives the idea of, of being a man being heavily laden going up a hill. Going up a hill. You know when you first start, you're going up the hill, or maybe you're going up steps, and you're getting up the first few, and then you feel the heart beating a little bit faster than the lungs. If you're like me, it's up to the top of the stairs, never mind going up a hill. And the legs are tired, and you're weary, and you're, you're finding it hard then to move. You're finding it harder to walk, and you feel like you're being dragged by the heels, and your heart's beating, and you're, you're panting hard for the hill so long and so high and so steep. That's the idea here. The heart is deceitful. The heart's dragging you. The root word akav means to supplant or to take by the heel. Listen, Hosea 12 and 3. Hosea the prophet speaking of, 
of how uh, Jacob and Esau were born and Jacob supplants Esau by uh, taking the birthright but in the womb he grabs him by the heel to hold on to him. That's the idea. The heart is deceitful. And God is saying, listen to the word of the Lord. And your heart is saying, hold on, hold on. It's deceiving you. It's like up the hill. Hosea chapter 12 and verse 3 says, He took his brother, as Jacob to Esau, took his brother by the heel in the womb, and the strength he had power with God. The word, he took his brother by the heel, is the exact same root word. Notice here in Isaiah 40 and verse 4, speaking of John the Baptist that would come, every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain. In other words, Jesus is coming, but that's the words that John the Baptist would be preaching. The word crooked is the same. The heart's crooked. You know, someone, I'm sure we all know someone that's crooked, don't we? Yeah, crooked old crater him. Crooked old lad. Crooked old doll. I noticed I just looked like that because I wasn't looking at anybody because the women would get offended. Who's the old doll here? Just keep your eyes straight, Ken. It's the same word. It's crooked. It's the same word. It's crooked. And it's used again in Hosea 6 and 8. Gilead. It's believed this is the same Remoth Gilead in our story, in our scripture here. Gilead is a city of them that work iniquity and is polluted with blood. Remoth Gilead was a city of refuge where if someone uh, by accident killed someone and instead of their family coming to kill them, they could escape and flee to the like of, uh, this city of Gilead. And they were able to flee. It was a, a case of flee from the, the death angel, as it were. Flee from your persecutor. And you're safe there. But the idea here is that the Lord is saying through the prophet Hosea, Gilead, well, that city there, that's meant to be a city of refuge, but it lets everybody in. And it even lets those who are guilty get away with murder. Pollution of blood. So you can see how this word talks about the heart. Ahab had a heart, a heart that was dead to God. And so the desperately wicked heart is sick, frail heart. It's tired. It can't turn to God. Notice here the two kings in their kingdoms, Ahab and Jehoshaphat and See in our reading of 1 Kings chapter 22, verses 1 to 18. 20 times in the first 20 verses, Jehoshaphat is mentioned. The king of Judah by name, the good king from Jerusalem, is mentioned by name. And notice this. Ahab isn't mentioned at all until verse 20 talks about the king of Israel the Lord doesn't even mention his name the Lord doesn't even mention his name do you know when he mentions his name you read from verse 20 onward when it starts going into what's happening in the spirit realm to bring him to his demise to bring us to his death 
Pardon me, Jehoshaphat in the first 20 verses mentioned eight times. It's 21 times in the whole chapter. Pardon me. And in verse 20 is the first time. And after that, six times Ahab is mentioned, but it's to do with his demise. This shows us, does it not, that Yahweh had not only called time on Ahab, but in the world unknown, that is the spirit world, the invisible world, Ahab's name was being spoken of. I want you to get this. He's not mentioned the full 18 verses. The king of Israel is mentioned, but not his name. And here from verse 20 onwards, he starts to be mentioned, and his name is mentioned six times. All to do with his demise. Could it be his time was up on earth? Could it be the Holy Spirit didn't move the writer to, to, to write his name to prove a point to us. My spirit shall not always strive with man, he says. My spirit shall not always strive with man. Notice, I wonder, it's what I wrote, I wonder whose name is being spoke of in the spirit world right now. They were speaking of the prophets. He started speaking of Ahab. His time was up. I wonder whose name is being spoken of right now. I wonder who's going to be called next. And I wonder in what context is your name being spoken of? Could it be, yes, Jehoshaphat, he's not perfect, but he trusts me. Could it be Ken Davidson? Yeah, he's far from perfect, but he's trusting in me, Father. He's trusting in the blood. Notice here, Ahab ruled Israel for 21 years. And during his reign, he lived an luxurious and a luxurious, an luxurious and a luxurious life. Do you know what an luxurious life means? It means an overly devoted and submissive life to his wife. See when, I, see, when I wrote that, I thought about it and it says, maybe I shouldn't be. <laughs> Brother, your wife should be your queen. But you should rule the home. You should be the priest of the family. Your wife should look to you for the spiritual blessing and the leadership. And if you can't give it to her, then don't blame her if she doesn't look to you. It's your fault, not hers. A high house, I'm the boy. Ruled by Jezebel. Ruled by him. Now let me tell you, see in my house, I'm the boss. <laughs> and I, I was trying to keep my face straight there and you just made me laugh. 
And <laughs> hold on, let's try this again. Let me, let me, now let me tell you, see my house, I'm the head. And Allison's an act that turns me. I'm the boss as long as Allison allows me. Here's the thing. Brother, brother, grow up and lead your wife. Lead your home. Love her. Be the priest of the house under Christ. And if you're not, don't blame her. Don't blame her when she looks and goes on in Christ without you. Notice here, it says here in verse 2, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. Notice verse 2 of our reading. Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. Notice the language, because Jerusalem sat in the city, sat in the hill. He's up higher. And geographically, I know you look at the map, it looks like, well, there's the northern kingdom, you come down the map. It doesn't really, you know, you turn it on the side and it's all the hills and the valleys. So Jerusalem's high up. Now listen, coming down to partake in another's sinful ways is never a good idea. I'm going to say it again. Coming down to partake in another's sinful ways is never a good idea. This was an unholy and an ungodly union between the two kingdoms and the two kings. In fact, in Second Chronicles 19 and 2, Jehu, the one who rode his chariot furiously, Jehu says, Shouldest thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Are you joining him, Jehoshaphat? Not to try and win him, but to try and win for him in battle. It's one thing witnessing to people. It's one thing standing outside bars and witnessing to people. It's another thing when you're in the bar thinking you're witnessing with people. Big difference. Notice, notice here, in 1 Kings 22, Jehoshaphat should have listened to the lone prophet Micaiah. His name means, who is like God? Who is like God? He should have listened to him, because even in Second Corinthians 6 and 14, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Jehoshaphat comes down. Notice, he comes down. Look at verse 3. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria. Verse 4, And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art. All right, we're the same flesh. We're all Israelite here, he says. 
but in the spirit and in worship and in righteousness. He was not. And you might be the same as people out there in your flesh. You might say, well, I was no better than them and that might be true. But if you're saved, you're different. You're different, brother. You're different, sister. And you're not the same. You shouldn't be the same. I am as thou art. I'm not the same. If you have truly met Christ in your life, you can never be the same again. You can never be the same again. Verse 3, briefly, the lying spirit. It's in the 400 false prophets' mouths. Or pardon me, in verse chapter 22, verse 5 to 8. And then verse 6, it says, verse 7, notice what it says. Then the king of Israel gathered together about 400 men and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead the battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. That was the land spirit that did that. Micaiah comes and says, See all these men? I saw a vision of the Lord, and all them around it, this land spirit comes up and says, I'm going to tell them all to prophesy falsely. To prophesy falsely. That's what he saw. Then Zedekiah comes. Notice verse 12. Verse 11. Zedekiah, the son of Chenna, made him horns of iron and said, Thus saith the Lord, With thee shalt thou push the Syrians until thou hast consumed them. And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper. Prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. I notice this. When did the grass pole of this? Go up and prosper. Here, Zedekiah, not the Zedekiah now that you read later. He gets two horns of iron and he becomes demonstrative in his prophecy. Take these and you're going to go up and you're going to prosper. Saith the Lord, look at this, these horns of iron you're going to push. Some say it represents the northern kingdom was the head of a, a, an ox. I don't think so. I think it was the two kingdoms together, Israel and Judah, Ahab and Jehoshaphat at this time. Push them together. I notice this. The demonstrative actions of man does not mean he's full of the Holy Ghost. Nor does it mean he's of God. And wrong is still wrong even if everybody's doing it. I'm going to say it again, 400 prophets, wrong is still wrong if everybody's going that way. Now, do you see the world we're living in? And all the ecumenism, all the ecumenical movement, do you see all the stuff and the pastors on about it, about, it, about it this morning and all the things are starting to go on, they're falling away from the scripture to give little fanciful fairy tales and stories and little illustrations and there's no substance and there's no word of God. You see, and they're bringing us all in together and they're wanting us all to accumulate and then you have Chrislam, Christ and Islam doesn't work, brothers and sisters. It doesn't work. Neither does Judaism and, and Christi- Christianity either. They're both uh, uh, juxtapositions one to the other. None of them doing see if it's not Christ and Christ alone, if it's not the Lord Jesus Christ and his precious blood, if it's not the blood and the book, then we don't want to know it. Amen. And it doesn't matter if the whole world is going that way. It doesn't matter if every church is going that way and every preacher is preaching that way. This pulpit will not be going that way. We're going to be standing to the word of God. 
for every prophet comes to prophesy. And they're that busy grave soaking or sucking or whatever they're doing. Claiming all sorts of nonsense and rubbish and miracles. I believe in miracles, by the way. Everybody's gathering around it. New apostolic reformation are all gathering together into it. Listen, we don't need a new apostolic reformation. The reformation already took place. That's what the reformation gave us. That's what the reformation gave us. The open book and the preaching of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You want revival? Get back to that. Get back to that. 400 prophets. 400 prophets prophesying falsely didn't make it any better. Didn't make it any better. Every one of them were wrong. And wrong is still wrong even if everybody's doing it. And right is still right if no one else is doing it. (laughs) See, if we were the last ones, and I know there's plenty of other good people out there, I'm not saying we are, but I'm talking about here. If we were the last ones to be standing on that, and everyone else turned around us, we're going to stand on that. Brothers and sisters, there's nothing can replace the word of God. Notice here, I'm coming to a close, I think. I am. In a minute. Or two. Or some. Zedekiah means Yah is righteous. Here's a man whose name told him the truth. His very name told him the truth. And he turned away from his very namesake. Turned away from his very namesake. You know what Exodus 23 and 2 says? Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Micaiah, listen to what Ahab says about him in verse 8. I hate him. Prophet of the Lord comes. Isn't this marvelous? He's going to tell us the truth because we don't know who to trust out there. Here it is, the word of the Lord. Isn't this fantastic? I'd be saying, please give me the word of the Lord. It doesn't matter what it says. Just give me the word of the Lord. No, Ahab says, I hate him. See, if you come with the word of the Lord, be ready to be hated. Especially in today's society. He says, I hate him, for he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. Verse 18. He says to them, and I tell thee, I thought this was hilarious when I, I mean, I, I read this and I started laughing at my story. I went, Ahab, boy, you're away in the head, man. Here's a man telling you the truth and you won't listen. Did not I tell thee that he would prophesy no good thing concerning me but evil? Here's the thing, brothers and sisters. Micaiah was told Ahab, not what Ahab needed, wanted to hear. Pardon me. He told Ahab not what he wanted to hear. He was used to get that. That's the 400 prophets. Tell me what I want to hear. Micaiah came and told him what he needed to hear. People, when you tell them not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear, they will rebel against it. They will hate you for it. They will spit against heaven. Listen, and maybe that's someone here tonight. 
This is what I've written down. Ahab's real conflict was not with Micaiah. Ahab's real conflict was with God. If you have a problem with the word, it's not with me. Your problem is with the Lord. Your heart in the Lord. 2 Timothy 4 and 3. Paul says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts they will heap to themselves teachers having engineers. Tell me, ten ways to have a blessed life. Pump up my tires before I go home, would you? I fell out with the pastor. He didn't make me feel good tonight. Isn't that what happens? Pat my back and rub me. Bottle me. Burp me. Hold on. Clean me. Send me home. I love that church because it's really brilliant. You come out feeling so good. See, no matter if I was challenged in the word, that's when I feel good. I might say I'm challenged. But I'm glad because if I'm challenged, then I know God is with me. This is my closing point. 1 Kings 22 and verse 8. 1 Kings 22 and verse 8. The king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man. There is yet one man. In In a nation of idolatry, spiritual adultery, where there's idols in every corner, where God's name has been used and abused, just like our society today. Just like the United Kingdom, Great Britain, Northern Ireland, and Ireland. Just like these islands, God's name is vile on everybody's lips. Let me tell you this, and I'm finished with this. Friday night I went down to Stormont, 11 o'clock for Brexit. A few of us went down with tracks and CDs to witness and they recognised that we were coming down, one of them I knew, and there's different ones there, and they called me up and asked me to open in prayer. TV cameras ran like a semicircle the whole way around, from South Korea, the whole way across Europe, the whole way, Estonia, from Latvia, from France and Sweden, and on and on, the whole way round. And I get up and I prayed, thank God for what he was doing in our nation. But here's what I said, Lord, you've brought us out of Babylon. And it's still not over yet. There's a border to be done away with. But here's what I said as I was praying. I says, Lord, it's a spiritual bringing out we need. We need these men to be born again. We need these people all around there, to be born again. And the cameras are, the lights are going. Videos. Boys of the world tell you. I said, Lord, Britain needs to be brought in. Men of Britain need saved and brought into your kingdom. The women, and I said, we need to save them. Not one, not one newspaper, not one television broadcaster 
across the United Kingdom showed it, but showed everything else. I got down, an RTE from, the, from Dublin came and interviewed me. And they says, why are you here? I says, a very historic occasion. Is that why you're here? I says, well, yes, it's a very historic occasion. We would like to see the border up the REC removed, but we'll work on it. But that's not why I'm here. I'm here because all these people here, stop them waving their flags, they need saved. I says, they need saved. We're born again believers here to tell these people about Christ. And very quickly, they shut the interview down. They didn't show it in RTE. That's what our nation's like tonight. That's what our nation's like tonight. There is yet a mom. Is there a mom here tonight? A woman here tonight? Who God could use for his glory? Who will listen to the word of God? What about a Martin Luther? One man. What about a John Knox for Scotland? Scotland needs a John Knox again. What about a George Whitfield for England? Or a John Wesley even? What about a Charles Haddon Spurgeon for London? What about a George Jeffries for the British Isles? Is there a man or a woman that God can use? Stand for that. Speak the word when everyone's against you. When everybody says against you. You know, there's more people know more about me than I know. <laughs> Do you not know my name isn't Ken Davidson, but I'm on the run from the police? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, that, I mean, that's what they say. <laughs> Do you know that? All manner of stuff. All manner of stuff. I'm serious. That was going on up around about, about me. Keep preaching, brother. Keep going on, sister. Keep witnessing. Be the Micaiah to our United Kingdom, the Ireland. Be the Micaiah. Be the man and the woman with the Holy Ghost to the word of the Lord to give. Don't you back off. And don't you stop. And don't you be afraid. And if the police are looking for me, it wouldn't be hard to get me because I'm here every Sunday. <laughs> and I'm on YouTube. <laughs> May God bless us tonight. For the name of the Lord. Amen.